before I get um, going with introductions on our guest speaker, I want to introduce Al Heklinski. He's the Senior Vice President of the Wholesale Division for Fairway. My name is Holly Matson. I'm a Vice President here at Fairway Wholesale. And Al, I'll let you um, welcome our, our group to the call. Thanks, Holly. Uh, good afternoon, uh, all of the East Coast Central Standard folks. Good morning for all of our West Coast folks. Thanks for a couple minutes of your day. You know, we've been doing these consistently, looking back, Holly, probably about two years now, trying to give something to our customers in the form of value, information, um, guidance, and navigating the marketplace. You know, and a lot of fourth quarter was just that. What's the marketplace? What's the econ economic outlook as we turn the corner and get into 2023? Well, we're here, you know, and, and there's not a lot of changes from November and December. Um, but my outlook in particular for 2023 is it's filled with opportunities. Um, it's filled with opportunities that look a lot different than the opportunities from the last three years. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we've been hopefully the, the constant um, message you've heard from your fairway AE or your fairway um, email or client announcement is we want to help you expand your business into a new arena, right? Whether it was government manual lending, renovation lending, um, buy down, you know, all these ancillary products that can help you, as Holly mentioned, get one or two loans a month. It's all good. But I think it comes down to now that you know how to do those, now that you're plugged in and dialed into those, how do we tell your client base? Now, how do we go out and share the good news that now you're a renovation specialist? How do we go out and share the good news that a buy down is something positive for your borrowers to consider? You know, and, and what you're going to hear today isn't earth shattering, breaking news. I think this message of social media uh, and the importance of social media, at least 10, 15 years, Holly. I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? And I'm probably that person Holly mentions um, is not on Facebook, but Nonetheless, we believe in, in the value of social media. We believe that there's so many different avenues to get you out there and get you in front of clients. And I think what Ben does a really good job of, Ben's uh, uh, an employee of Fairway, uh, and why he's speaking today is because we listened to some of Ben's sessions uh, the tail end of last year. And we said there's so much value in this, and, and Ben does a really good job of presenting um, the platforms and telling you what you should be focused on and what you shouldn't. My goal with this, as I mentioned, bring a little value to our customer base, help you take away one, two, or three things that you can apply to your business. And if this is the beginning, we start scratching the surface, you say, hey, tell me more. Know that you've got a, a fairway support team, whether it's our production support, whether it's training, whether it's one-on-one -on -one sessions with our marketing team. you got a lot of support uh, to help you get comfortable with what Ben's going to share with you. So you know, you're our lifeline. Um, we're in this together. Uh, again, I hope that you see that, that there's opportunities out there in the marketplace for us in 2023. Let's attack them together. Holly, I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Well, I'm excited because I've heard Ben before, so I know what we're in for. Ben Smith is the Vice President of Digital Strategy and Innovation here at Fairway. He's been here over two, almost two and a half years, I believe, Ben. Prior to Fairway, Ben was with MGIC as their Digital Strategy Director. He was there for over six years. And overall, Ben's got over 20 years experience in marketing and digital consultant work. So like we said, whether you're new to the social media game or you're just looking for some new ideas and strategies to start 2023 off, I know that you'll pick up something from Ben. So take it away. 
Hey, thanks, Holly. Thanks, Al. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. You know, as we go through the deck here, I'm going to share my screen. And if questions come up, please feel free to throw them in the chat, as Holly had mentioned, so that um, we're able to answer those as time permits. So just confirm that you can see the correct screen for me here, Holly. Does that look good? So when we talk about social media and what we want to talk about today is where is your time best spent? Let me find my right screen here. I want to first lay the foundation. So we look at the agenda here. We're thinking about let's first understand the social channel. Given today's marketplace, I think there's a great opportunity for us to find and leverage the low cost solution of social. And then which platform should we focus on? You know, we have three here, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. We do talk about other platforms, but I think we want to identify where is our ideal audience? And then where are they hanging out that is gonna net the best return? Whenever I speak about social media or digital marketing strategies, I always say the same thing is I don't see social as that direct sales tool. Rather, I see it as this relationship and brand building tool. And through that, you can start to get some of those indirect leads coming through to you because of what you're choosing to share and say on different social platforms. We also see that we have this expectation from our customers, whomever that might be, that they can find and engage with us on social media. So at a minimum in 2023, we wanna be there in some capacity, listening and engaging to help build those relationships. I'm a big proponent of numbers and statistics. And so what I like to see here is that if we're going to take the approach of leveraging social for leads, what should we pay attention to? We see adding value. We see that if we are on social media, oftentimes we look at our own presence, we find that we're connected with family and friends. And so this provides you an opportunity to be invited into that sphere, that world of social media for friends and family that are participating can help generate those warm leads. And I'll talk more about that when we get to some of the platforms. And then in addition, word of mouth recommendation seems to be very important from a statistical point of view. So how can we work to earn those across social platforms? I like this one because it says 78% of salespeople that market on social media, not directly selling, but marketing who you are and the value that you bring will outsell their peers. And we want to keep that top of mind as we start to walk through some of these slides. I like this one as well, really this idea that I can work with anybody, so why should I work with you? And so we're doing, the potential client is doing their own evaluative process. So what can you bring to the table to help earn that business from them? So we want to teach them something. We want to entertain them. We want to solve their problems. I think leveraging social to do that is going to help net more business in 2023. Lastly, here looking at some more stats just because I love them and we look at, again, are you sharing out from a company or are you sharing out as an individual? I see you as the brand. You are the brand regardless of where you work. And so how are you presenting yourself? But knowing that your participation is going to net more leads than the company going out and doing it. So how can we do this effectively? One thing I think as a quick action items and periodically throughout today's session, I'll throw in some action items that you can take right now that don't take much effort is that Sometimes I forget names, but I always remember faces. So having that same universal headshot across all social media platforms is a very basic but simple way to ensure that people are finding you on the right platforms. In addition to that, before we even talk about participation of social, we want to be sure that we are putting ourselves out there in a safe way. 
So for me, when I say I'm leveraging social for business, I always say no hot button issues. And what that means to me is no money, no politics, no religion. If I didn't talk about these three things, we could be friends with everybody. But when you start to put some of those things out there, you have to think, is this gonna create divides? I wanna bring people together. I wanna be that bridge. And so we wanna be cautious with what we're sharing out. We also wanna be true to who we are, but just understand that before you post, take a minute and pause and make sure it's in line with what your strategy is to help grow business. In addition to that, regardless of the company that you work for, is this socially compliant? Is this in line with my social media policy? We want you to participate, but you wanna participate in a safe way. So keeping that in mind, as well as our time is very valuable. And so if we're gonna take the time to leverage social, to push out messaging, graphics, et cetera, make sure that we're thinking, how is this gonna bring money in the door for me? And being very thoughtful in that approach so that we spend the least amount of time to get the best return. And then lastly, I'll say again, if someone's never met me, but they Google my name or variants of my name, what are they finding out? What does my digital footprint look like? So how is this a reflection of who I am? And again, we wanna try and reduce doubt as we go through and we want people to feel excited about doing business with us. So let's be conscious of how this reflects on you as a business professional. This is continually updated. I really like this graphic. It gives you a lot to look at, but kind of breaks down the big social media platforms based on monthly active users. And I can go through here and, and hit on a lot of these, but for today's purposes, we're gonna simply focus on these three. And the reason being is Facebook still an opportunity, in my opinion, it is the largest personal social media platform out there. I also like Instagram because I think we're all very tied to the visual emotions that an image can spark within us. And so I don't need to know the language that you speak, but I can understand the emotion that's resonated within that visual image. And then lastly, LinkedIn, the largest professional social media platform. So the activity you might do on Facebook might be a little bit different than the activity you do on LinkedIn and each platform provides their own value. So last thing to think about before we get into Facebook is that I truly believe people don't buy from brands, they buy from the folks that they know and trust. We've heard this time and time again. And so how are we using social today to help build that trust to help net new leads? So let's start with Facebook. Facebook obviously been around uh, almost the longest. LinkedIn's actually been around longer. And who is here and participating on the platform? And so we think about, we go back to the graphic about friends and family members. A lot of folks will keep that tight-knit community within their friends and family on Facebook. But how can we work to make our presence known within that community, that network within Facebook? And we can see the average number of friends and why that becomes valuable as we start to think about our strategy. One simple way that I like to approach this is using something that's not often thought about is that you're leveraging email. Now, if you were at Fairway and you were a loan officer, a branch manager, or a broker, et cetera, we would recommend that you have a business page on Facebook. But most people would say, hey, I got thousands of friends on my personal profile. So what we wanna say is what are there ways that you can push some of that traffic over to your business page if that's the approach that you're being encouraged to use? You can easily use and tap into your personal profile on Facebook by highlighting key things here and there that might be of interest to folks that know who you are and what you do, and by driving them back over to your business page with a link. I think a more impactful way to go about this is leveraging your CRM. Most folks will have a customer relationship management tool. 
And so we think about how did somebody get into that database that I own? Well, they probably did a loan or worked with you in some capacity in order to be in there. Probably a lot more people than anyone that is engaging with your Facebook business page. So take the opportunity, maybe on a quarterly basis, maybe a monthly basis to go into your CRM and start to slice and dice that data. Think about maybe I send a newsletter to everyone in my database, that's fine, a blanket approach. But maybe I'm more strategic about thinking uh, specific folks that I've worked with and eliciting engagement by asking them specific types of questions. So if we just take the blanket approach, for example, with email, with our CRM, we send a note out, maybe it's a monthly uh, newsletter that we do with them and say, hey, I'm looking to secure opinions on XYZ. I've enjoyed working with you or I want your expertise. And what we do is in that email, we create a button or an embedded link. And in one click, the user can then hop over to your Facebook business page where you've positioned that same question. You can either pin it to the top or go directly to the post and ask them to respond there. So the value in doing this on Facebook versus other social platforms is that majority of folks, I believe it's over 2 billion people right now are active on Facebook probably have a Facebook account. So you're gonna have minimal cutoff in doing this. And then in addition to that, Facebook has always publicly said, the more comments that you get on your posts, the more visibility you're organically gonna get. And so that means without putting any money behind it to expose and expand that visibility. So if we recap here, we're going to our CRM, we're sending a monthly newsletter, we're saying, hey, I'd love your thoughts on XYZ. And it can be really any topic. It could be mortgage related or it could be outside of the mortgage industry. You're including a link that takes them to your Facebook business page where you've repeated that same question and ask them to reply in the comments. So doing something like this on a regular basis is going to, one, let more people know about who you are, what you do, and about your Facebook business page. Probably going to capture more follows that way. But you're also going to expand the visibility of that specific question you're asking because folks are replying in the comment section. So that's a tried and true formula. You can slice and dice any number of ways. Takeaway is think about how you can reach the most amount of people and making sure that we're asking them to engage within the comments. Some other quick things to cover here is caption this photo, asking your audience to do something. Again, we're on Facebook. We can have a little bit more fun here. So think about commonalities. Everyone loves their pets. Everyone that has kids can relate to what that life is like with children. And you can put it out on a Friday, lighthearted fun. Statistically, the best ways to pose any question to elicit engagement is should, would, which, or fill in the blank. So think about this as well as you're navigating what my strategy is going to be on Facebook if that's the platform I'm choosing to explore. And always share out something new that folks might not be aware of. Again, asking questions, the best way to get engagement, and that engagement is extremely valuable because it's going to help scale the visibility of that post, which scales the visibility of who you are to a broader audience. In addition to that, I think with any social platform, we want to think about community, what's going on in my community, probably within a 50-mile radius of where I call home or where my office is, and what's happening in that community. Again, we don't want everything to be business, business, business. We want to have a nice mixture. I'll talk about that later on. And so in this, in this example, what's changing in your community? And then how can I highlight that to folks that might be interested? I always like to lean on commonalities, coffee shops, tea shops, restaurants. 
And so if you're thinking about, well, what's my first quarter uh, approach going to be for Facebook? That's a little bit more fun and informative and about the community that I serve. If it were me, I would do a month long approach. Each week I would highlight a different coffee shop. I would go there, snap some pictures of the outside, maybe shoot some video, talk with the employees, make sure I have permission if I go inside to snap some pictures saying who you are, what you're doing, and you're trying to highlight what a great coffee shop this is. Before I even pick a coffee shop, we wanna do our due diligence as well. So we might wanna look at how many followers, and these are probably consumer type followers, folks that might be interested in your services, are actually following that coffee shop. And in doing that, we can be strategic about which ones we pick because we wanna maximize the visibility of that supportive effort that we're doing. So we find and figure out four of our favorite coffee shops in the community. Each week we highlight a different one. And when we go to post it out onto our business page, we can at mention, so the at symbol, at mention the coffee shop. So that makes them and their social team aware that you're highlighting them in a positive light. If you're able to get a hold of their social media manager or anyone at the shop, you can let them know, hey, I'm going to be doing this. Would you mind supporting it? And again, we are all in the same community. We're all trying to highlight what's great about that community. So I think you'll see a lot of success in that little bit of a micro approach to how you're sharing out interests that other folks might have within the community you share. I hope that was clear, but there's a lot of other ways you can think about doing this. And you talk about the types of mediums from an algorithm approach. We wanna focus on, could be short form stories for that week, could also be video images and text posts. So again, uh, from an algorithm perspective, the visuals are likely going to do better, plus it tells the story. And so that's what we're really doing here is telling a positive story about our community and building relationships along the way. We're entertaining the folks that might wanna do business with us without talking about mortgages or loans or interest rates directly. A Couple other thoughts for Facebook that I wanna highlight here is partnership content. So if you do have a partner that you work with, how can you work to leverage the social platforms as the output for what's being absorbed? And so in this example, we're gonna talk about loan officers, but it could be brokers, et cetera. And what they're doing is they have a referral partner. So in this instance, it's a loan officer working with a referral partner and he's highlighting one of her properties. And when I reached out to ask him, how are you handling this? He said, for me and in my area, in order to be compliant, I need to spread the love around to four different real estate companies within a single calendar year. So keep that in mind. And what's happening here and what I wanna highlight is that when you look at the post, if you could read all of it, you could see that he's at mentioning the referral partner, the real estate agent in the post above. And so if you're familiar with Facebook, when that happens and it becomes engagement on that post, you also get notified. So the real estate agent's getting notified on any engagement that happens. We can see some of that engagement there, it's a visual, but you also see if you could see all the comments, folks that are connected with this loan officer, are mentioning people outside of, uh, within their network, but outside of the loan officers' networks, friends, family, et cetera. Hey, you were just looking for a home in this neighborhood, check out this listing. And because the real estate agents also mentioned in this post, she's chiming in into the comments section and saying, hey, I'd love to show you the house. Here's my phone, here's my email. So I look at social as this initial touch point, and then how are we transitioning that to the more traditional like phone or email? This is one great way to think about doing that working with the people you already work with and thinking about what am I doing today and could this transfer to social media? And what he gets in return 
is that the real estate agent posts out to her network, so separate networks, minimal overlap. Hey, if you're looking for a loan officer or a mortgage professional that can really get the deal done, check out so-and-so's page and highlighting him that way. So that's what he gets in return. And it's a great way to build relations through a social platform. The last one I wanna highlight is seems super basic, but there's a bit of a twist to it. So if you ever are working with uh, real estate agents again, if you go to the closings or however that works out for you in your world, what we're trying to highlight is not posting any of this onto our business page. That's a bit too basic. You could do that, but instead at the end of a deal, you probably have a great relationship with that specific individual and asking them to go out and, hey, when you share about the success you've seen from uh, owning your first home or your new home, can you be sure to mention my business page? And so we're asking this person who's the happy homeowner to go out and post on the social media and talk about how happy she is with her home, which makes sense because if we think about it, when you first buy your home, nothing's wrong with it. It's the happiest you'd probably ever be. And if I'm friends with this individual that we're highlighting, I think we're roughly the same age. We probably make roughly the same amount of money. How the heck did she afford to buy a home? And she's posting it out natively from her personal profile, but at mentioning the person's business page. So it could be the real estate agent, the broker or the loan officer. And I can then see, okay, here's exactly who made it happen. And in one click, I can hop over and explore your business page a little bit further knowing that it's already come through from a trusted person within my network. Again, she's my friend. And so I'm thinking, okay, if this person can make it happen for her, they could probably make it happen for me. So doing a little bit of a flip here and asking whomever you're working with, if it's a positive experience that when you post out to social, Facebook in this example, could you mention my business page? And if we think about what garners the most amount of engagement on Facebook, it's likely I got married, I had a baby, I bought a house, hundreds of likes, hundreds of comments. And if that's being natively done by the person who's owning the home and they're mentioning your business page, that's free advertising. And those are warm leads that are clicking over thinking they may want to do business with you. So think about how that works in your world and what's relevant for how you participate on social media. But the goal is make them the hero and ask for that essentially recommendation that they mention you when they post out on social. If it's been a good experience, it's a fair ask. So that's it with social media related to Facebook. Before we transition, just be sure to drop any questions you have in Facebook in the chat and I'll try and get to them at the end. So I wanna transition over to Instagram for a little bit here, just because it is a fairly popular platform. And how can we think about leveraging the participation here for increased leads? Now we got to understand, is my demographic here currently? Uh, and if we look at the age demographic, potentially. And more importantly is statistics. So 75% of Instagram users do take action after visiting a post. So we want to think about easy CTAs. And how are we making it easy for someone that sees my content to take action on that content? Two ways that I like to highlight is Linktree. So if you're not familiar, there's other products like it. But basically in Instagram, you get one live link, which could take you just to your website, but you might wanna highlight other things. Maybe you've been interviewed on podcasts. Maybe you have interests outside of the mortgage industry. That's your commonality. Like maybe you like to cook, maybe you like to hike, et cetera. That allows you multiple CTAs within a single link. Another way is you can natively do this within stories on Instagram as well. 
The point being is we want to make it simple for people to take action if they find interest in your content. In addition to that, when we talk about what am I going to do on a specific social media platform, I'm very clear about finding your niche. doesn't have to mean that everyone does this, but I think you're going to see a nice return if you can identify who do you resonate with on areas outside of the mortgage industry. And so this helps to humanize yourself. This helps people to feel comfortable doing business with you. Maybe you enjoy craft beer, running, fishing, photography, hiking. Build your community around that. And I bring this up because when I was speaking on the speaking circuit years ago, I found out that there was a top producer in South Florida. And he said, I get almost all of my business from Instagram. And I said, oh, what's your Instagram handle? And he said, it's real lender, but real is spelled R-E-E-L. And I said, what does that mean? He said, well, most of my thousands of followers are into deep sea fishing, which I am passionate about, boating, uh, fishing in general. And so if you look at his feed, a lot of what he's highlighting was around that commonality of fishing. And people knew that, yes, he does mortgages and can assist me with a mortgage, but the reason they like him is because of that commonality. The same is true with thinking about Instagram in particular related to hashtags. Find areas of interest and follow hashtags and you can start to find other people interested in those same topics. So think about this as a way to help grow your audience and find folks that are interested in the same things as you because once you do that, again, you are the brand, you're building trust with them, they're more likely to wanna to do business with you. Other things to think about with Instagram content to consider. What is going to be your branded approach for uh, social media? In particular, are you going to do uh, inspirational quotes? Are you going to do funny memes? Is it a combination of both? Do you like the beautiful picture approach? Helping people feel entertained and connected by what you're posting out is an easy way to build that relationship through the social channel again, which ultimately speaks to your brand and helps people want to be interested in doing business with you. So you could mix in here different activities you have that are specific to the mortgage industry, but kind of spin it a little bit in a different way that makes it, again, entertaining. I'm going to talk about Reels just for a little bit here in terms of what is an Instagram Reel and what are the steps to get from point A to point B. We have a more in-depth topic on that. But again, it's having a thought process. And so think about what do you want to highlight? What's your approach? Is it uh, business related? Is it uh, community related? Is it uh, activities outside of work? And then working to understand and practice how to actually create one in an effective way. I like to find friends and uh, just sit with them and say, hey, let's try making reels together and work through it that way. Uh, in order to do it, these are the seven steps. I'm not going to go through all seven of them, but if you are interested, we can send you out some information, the deck that shows you exactly how you walk through the creation of a Reels tab. But my point is, is have a plan before you decide to start taking action, because again, our time is very valuable. And so what do you want your Reel to be about? Start there and then start to storyboard out a little bit what that's going to be maybe on week one, week two, week three, and what's that schedule of post look like. Uh, a little bit easier to go about is Instagram stories. It's been around longer, so there's probably more familiarity with it. And thinking about, again, minimum time, maximum value. So if I'm thinking about stories, what should be the lens that I look at it through? 
we do know there's an algorithm benefit, just like with Reels, uh, Instagram's come out and pushing that hard, so expanded visibility. But what is the topic gonna be about? Uh, and just remember that the effort you put into it, it's gone after 24 hours. So if we know it's gone after 24 hours, we can focus on a couple different things that help to humanize who you are as an individual. Maybe it's a day in the life, doesn't have to be business related, but what's your life like? Do you have kids? Do you have dogs? How do you spend your weekends? Highlighting that part of who you are to help people feel comfortable and that they can relate to you. In addition to that, know that we have a little bit of FOMO because they are gone after 24 hours. Maybe you push a, a tip or a quote for that day and it's only there for 24 hours. My big thing is try, try, try. See what is netting a lot of results in terms of engagement, what people are reacting to, and then pivot and do more of those things as you go forward. That's a little bit on some takeaways to consider doing in 2023 related to Instagram. Again, questions related to Instagram, throw them in the chat and I will answer them at the end. The last social platform I wanted to talk about today for a few nuggets and takeaways is LinkedIn. LinkedIn's actually my favorite social media platform in particular for a couple of different reasons. One is that I see it as uh, has a differentiating aspect, degrees of connection. It goes back to an earlier slide that people wanna do business with folks that they know and trust. So if you think about how uh, your phone rings, someone's on the other line, they ask you some questions, they're interested, in working with you, conversation goes great, they hang up, but if it's me that got on the phone with you, I might think conversation went well, they seem very informed, I might wanna do some work with them, but I can work with anybody, so why would I work with you? Where am I gonna look you up and learn more about who you are as a business professional? Because I might wanna work with the best. It's LinkedIn, and right off the bat within LinkedIn, I can see how closely we're connected. So Holly and I are a first degree connection, which means we're both connected, we know each other. But Al and I might be a second degree connection, which means that Al and I aren't directly connected, but we know the same people. And if that's the case, which is likely the case, then I can see who we both know. And if I see someone on that list that I know very well, I might reach out to them and say, hey, how well do you know Al? Would you work with him? Would you do business with him? Do you trust him? And if that common connection that we have, who I might have known since first grade, says, oh yeah, he's a great guy, I love doing business with him, that's gonna strengthen my desire to wanna work with you going forward. So the play here that I see is if you have a positive relationship with someone in the industry or outside of the industry, they're gonna give you a positive review of someone to ask them, what do you think of this person? Connect with them on LinkedIn because it opens you up to that broader network of first degree and second degree connections. In addition to that, I like LinkedIn because both LinkedIn and Facebook index with Google. Facebook's been doing it longer, but LinkedIn actually does it better. And so there's some key areas within your profile that you wanna think about uh, putting some effort into to help expand your visibility, not just within search within LinkedIn, but Google search as well. And so that's what I wanna highlight here. And again, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't have time for all these social media platforms. My ask with LinkedIn is that what I'm gonna go through is takes you 30 minutes to update, which is your profile. And then you can just walk away and leave it alone, knowing that you've done your due diligence to one, put your best foot forward. And two, that if someone is interested in doing business with you, you've made it easy for them to reach out and connect with you. 
So a couple of things to consider here, a headshot. I mentioned this earlier. You wanna have a completely open profile with LinkedIn. Anyone can find you. You have a headshot, puts a face to a name, humanizes who you are, which it also increases your visibility uh, for other folks that are looking at LinkedIn and increases profile views. Now, the area that's weighted higher in search, one of the three is your headline. And so this is considered your headline, all things being equal. Uh, your name, your headshot, and your headline will show whether you're a first degree connection or not. So if you're first, second, third, it all shows. Now you can change that visibility in the settings, but by default, this is what happens. And so we think it's a little bit of branding, but also the terms used in there are weighted higher in Google search and LinkedIn search. And so you can see two different approaches here. Not one is right or wrong, but the first one, I believe I found loan officer heaven. In this instance, he's having a little bit of humor, making it clear he's a loan officer. And the second approach says Denver loan officer, first time home buyer specialist for all of Colorado. And so if we reverse engineer a search query, someone might be doing to find someone like him. It's probably saying, I need a loan officer. I'm a first time home buyer. I'm in Denver, Colorado. So geolocation, the topic, all things being equal, he is more likely to show than anyone else because he's included those key terms. So we wanna think about how we reduce doubt, what our brand is, and how we're helping ourselves be found in search with LinkedIn. If you're a top producer or if you're award-winning, maybe you wanna put that in your headline to help people feel comfortable and excited working with you. A couple other areas to think about is the about section. So terms here are indexed within LinkedIn search and Google search not weighted as high as the headline, but still important to identify those key terms you feel people are searching on to find you and the services you provide. And we wanna repeat that in the about section. And so we think about how LinkedIn positions it to the end user. You have about 300 words before the user has to click an action such as show more. So how are you enticing them to be interested in wanting to do that click to learn more? It's not necessary, regardless of whether or not that click is performed, all of this copy is indexed within the LinkedIn database. I'm a big proponent that people don't read. Uh, we're naturally a little lazy in some capacity. That's why we love video. So how are we making the about section easy to absorb? You know, Structuring out your content, using bullet points, uh, minimal blocks of content. Uh, before it's not just one big block of content I gotta try and read. So point out the most important things through bullet points or things along those lines I think is beneficial. He's also putting in key terms he'd like to be found for and repeating those within the about section. So definitely some things to think about and how you can expand your visibility through the LinkedIn social platform through terms that you know people are searching on or would search on to find your services. Another one I like to highlight, this is the second area weighted higher in search, skills and endorsements. I always say this, um, I've said this forever. When I first joined LinkedIn, I had this section as a joke. I had long walks on a beach as a skill and people would endorse me for it and it was funny. And LinkedIn came out a long time ago and said, listen, this is a second area weighted higher in search. And the way that it breaks down is the term or term that you choose to use and the number of times you've been endorsed is what weights higher in search. And this is Google search and LinkedIn search. By default, the user sees three before they have to perform an action. So think about how you're branding yourself. If someone is coming to your LinkedIn profile to do their own evaluative process, whether it's a referral partner or a potential client, they're probably skimming and scrolling through your profile at a glance. What three things might you want them to see? In addition to that, whichever three show are the easiest for other folks to endorse you for. 
I always suggest an internal strategy that says, hey, everyone that works at company XYZ, why don't we go and endorse each other to kind of get a baseline of endorsements related to those key terms that we want to help ourselves be found for. Now you can have up to 50, um, but by default, only the three that you choose and you can move them around in your settings will show at the top without performing a click. Two other areas I wanna talk about here. And again, these are 30 minutes after this call, you can go and start to update the stuff in your profile to help maximize your exposure. It's really basic, simple things, but education. I've never seen education as a measurement of success. I rather see it as a commonality. So if I'm looking at your profile, I'm saying, oh, geez, we both went to Marquette University. I know about the statue. I know the secret spots on campus. You immediately feel more comfortable with potentially doing business with this person. So I encourage you to think about adding as much education as possible. Certificates you might've gotten, advanced education, undergrad, even high school can be listed here and high schools now have an icon. So you can have that commonality. It's also nice for icebreakers, things along those lines. We're really trying to make people feel excited and comfortable with doing business with you. And so how else can we do this? The last thing I'd say is you always wanna have a fair amount of recommendations. Now you might have them on other platforms like Yelp or Zillow, Google My Business, et cetera. But if you've had a great experience with someone and they're willing to write you a recommendation, maybe you're thinking, well, I kind of need to beef up my recommendations. As someone that's evaluating if I want to do business with you, I might have an expectation that, yeah, I would want someone that's done a loan with them or worked with them in the past as a referral partner, but I might also want to see people within their own company saying nice things at all levels. So executive level down to coworkers, things like that. Try and get a nice balance. But if you have minimal or very few recommendations, but you have a lot on Zillow, Yelp, et cetera, use this as an opportunity to reach out to those folks, you know, end of the day, um, maybe you have a glass of wine or a beer or just a glass of water and you sit at your laptop and you try and uh, find those customers that you've worked with that were really successful that wrote you a recommendation on Google My Business or Zillow. You reach out to them on LinkedIn, you copy out what they've already written on Zillow or Yelp and you uh, connect with them on LinkedIn and you say, listen, I'm trying to build out my recommendations. I really appreciate what you wrote for me on this platform being Yelp, for example. Would you mind putting this here on LinkedIn as well? And you paste in what they've already said um, and all they have to do is one click approve it. So you are having a re-engagement touch point with them. You're adding them to your LinkedIn network, which is valuable as a first degree connection. And you're making it very easy by taking words they've already said and migrating them over to another platform for that expanded visibility. So definitely something I think to work through in the first couple quarters of this year, if that's uh, an area that is lacking recommendations, easy way to go about doing it. Some other things I wanted to touch base on here, getting away from your profile now uh, and looking at kind of some best practices if you do choose to share out uh, on this platform. According to LinkedIn, um, you see some of the stats on the right. I actually feel a little bit more about posting your own content only one to two times a week. Now, this is a little bit less than what some people suggest. I have a philosophy that less is more. When you post out about 20% of your network that you're connected with, we'll see your posts. And so you want some frequency there knowing that everybody's going to see everything, but we also want to be strategic on how we're posting it out. So if you've seen anything I've posted out, it usually includes a visual usually includes at mentioning people that are a part of that event or that image that I'm seeing. 
including key hashtags as well. Because I want to get as many people invested in the success of the post as possible, because that expands the visibility of that post for me. And so I'm a little bit more strategic about that. In addition to that, a caveat with LinkedIn versus other social profiles is that by default, any action you perform on LinkedIn will show to your valued business connections. Now, probably only about 20% of your connections will see it. But if we're on LinkedIn and we're participating and I go through and I like, 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 like all these different things, that serves as action. And I might end up alienating my audience with all of that activity in a short period of time. So we just want to be conscious of that. And also it goes back to no hot button issues. If we're saying things that we shouldn't on LinkedIn or things that might be questionable, keep in mind, if I'm writing a comment, that's engagement. If I'm liking something, that's engagement. And my network that I'm connected with could potentially see that. So we want to be conscious of it. Um, and this also gets into content, which we'll talk about next. And so the type of content you share is going to have a positive or negative effect on the visibility. Again, the goal is we want people to think about when they hear our name that, oh, they don't just do this for a professional business or for their job. They also have these other things, these other areas. They're always providing value, value, value. And so in what type of medium is the best way to present that value? And statistically, again, I love stats and I like to go back to that, infographics are going to do very well. Uh, original graphics, videos, again, we see data visualizations, right? People at a glance in a couple seconds, maybe 10 seconds, want to be able to pull away a nugget of information they didn't previously know, but they probably don't want to read about it. And so how can we present, present it in a way that is very appealing for our ideal audience to capture a bit of information, learn something new, we talked about that earlier, and feel like being connected with you is a real value to me, because that's going to lead to more business in the door. Highlighting stats a little bit further, again, the infographics, those are visual uh, informations based on stats, taking complex ideas and boiling it down to simple ideas and statistics that people can resonate with in a fun way, three times more uh, uh, shares than other types of content. So again, a little bit of a takeaway here for you to think about how am I sharing this information out and in what video? Visual instructions, 323% better than written ones. Great video opportunity for you. If you're not comfortable in front of the video, uh, in front of video or for video right now, I would say make that a goal in the first couple quarters here to take the information you have in your brain and translate that into understandable information that you share through video as the medium. And I think you're gonna see interest and good results in that approach. So again, with this, thinking about your golden rule. Now this is, uh, there's a lot of different ones out there. I like this one in particular. And if we look at it, okay, I've decided I wanna start using Facebook. I've decided there's some reoccurring things I can do, but what other content should I be sharing out on a regular basis? According to the golden rule of content, 60% of what you share should be curated. This means from referral partners, from past clients, from news outlets, from your own organization, 60% of that is information that you're supporting and sharing out to an audience. 30% is your own company's material. So whether that's a web page or content that they've created on your behalf, and only 10% is promotional services, sales, et cetera, highlighting how great you are. And so it's important to do that, but the takeaway here is let's temper it a little bit. Not to say you can't do that, but 
we want to be supportive and inform and share information that's of value first and foremost, and that can be our own content or it can be from other folks out there supporting referral partners or highlighting articles of interest from different news outlets, etc. Again, just food for thought doesn't have to be this way, um, but this is a way that I think is important because people might get tired of always seeing how great you are in reviews and things like that uh, versus actually teaching them something that they can take with them that I think might stick a little bit longer. So where do I find some content? So here's some examples. Um, but in addition to that, I like to highlight Google Alerts. So Google Alerts has been around forever. You do not need a Gmail email in order to have a Google Alerts account. So if you're not familiar, you can have a Google account tied to any email. So it could be your work email. And then you can start to create different alerts that Google will send you automatically to that email address on whatever basis you like immediately as it happens, once a day or weekly. And what's important to think about is this is called Boolean style search. So you can use quotes to group things together. And I'll show you an example of it here, top left. I think we all feel Google is king, uh, has the most robust content. And so we want Google to do the work for us. And so I have a query here, an alert that says, hey, Google, go find me any content that has the key term millennials. And it also has to have either real estate or home or mortgages in that same content. So being a little bit more specific than, hey, Google, find me any content that says millennials. I would also add in here, you can add geolocation. So you could add in the state of, insert your state to make it hyper-focused and macro, I mean micro to the community that you serve. So you can set up as, uh, as many as you want, there's no limit and you can decide, okay, do I want it once a day? But what you start to see is all of the content that starts to flow into you. So you set it up once and then it flows in. For me, it's every day. I get to see all the alerts that I have set up and it's in different types of mediums. It's not just news outlets, but it's also videos that might be out there, discussion boards, forums, books, et cetera. And this gives me a robust library of content and information I can share out on different things that might be of value to my audience. So again, it doesn't always have to be business focused. It could be um, summer events and then insert your city or state. And that way I can start to know and hear about when a news outlet might publish summer events coming up, things you don't wanna miss, uh, top 10 lists, and I can take that article and share that out to my network because Google is finding it for me and feeding it to me on a daily basis. So again, and not to forget about once you have this information, you can, if you're familiar, we're not talking about it today, but if you're familiar with Canva or any of those other easy sites, uh, you can then translate that into graphics that are easily shareable uh, that we talked about, like infographics, et cetera. So I always like to say, be a social media hero. What does that mean? Be helpful, be educational in what you're sharing, be responsive. So the fact that we all have phones and we live on our phones, you have the app, you can be very responsive through the app and then be original in your approach. And I think you'll see some nice results. Uh, again, my mantra, minimum time, maximum value. Where is your time best spent to see a return on that? So understand where is my ideal audience? Let me start there. I don't need to do all social media profiles. Find the right type of content that resonates with that audience and then keep it manageable. Those are really the key things I wanted to talk about today. So let me hop into the chat here and take a look at what we have. And I'll go ahead and stop sharing my screen.
I was jotting down a few of the of the questions that I thought you might want to hit on. One, yeah. I don't think you have time for this today, but if you've got some step-by-step instructions on how to do an Instagram Reels, that's come up a couple of times, so that would be helpful. Um, one of the questions was, is there a charge for a Facebook business page? Uh, there is no charge. Uh, the caveat is typically you need to have a personal profile on Facebook in order to take the next step of setting up that business page. Um, so there is no charge for that. Okay. Um, this is this was a chain of back and forth, but is it worth paying someone, a company or someone else to do these postings on behalf of, of yourself, or is it better for you to do it on your own? Do you yeah, it's a fair question because I think we're all very busy. What I would stress is that if you go the route of hiring someone to do some of this for you, you don't want to lose authenticity. And I think what we talked a little bit about is it's not just about the business that you're in and what you do. It's how are you being authentic about your personal life? You can be as open or as closed as you want. Um, but I think being a bit more open helps to humanize you. You have the same struggles as other people. You have maybe the same similar makeup of, I have two dogs, you know, I also have dogs. I like coffee. I have a family. Those types of things help you become more relatable and it's just a bit more authentic. So if you have someone scheduling out, maybe your business posts that you have on some sort of regular frequency, that's good, but don't forget then it's your responsibility to post out about things that are going on in your life in some capacity. And you also don't want to get away from, I always look at what am I doing today? And then what's relevant and appropriate for social media? Maybe I'm meeting with a referral partner and we're talking about strategies for the upcoming year. Uh, maybe I'm meeting with a coworker. Of what I'm doing today, what can I push to social? Can I snap a quick picture and talk about how great the session was and post it out there? Uh, and that's what I did today. You know. Uh, it's personal choice. I would say try and keep it as authentic as possible. Yeah, and I would agree. Obviously, I'm not the expert here, but you can kind of tell when somebody has done it themselves and they put their own personal touch on it or when it was done on their behalf. Um, related to curated posts, is it better just to share those or should you clip and post and make it your own? In other words, make it an original post of yours versus sharing. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I'm not trying to be too vague here. I think there's opportunity to, one, have in your um, back pocket a lot of great articles that might be relevant and sharing those out natively. But there's also an opportunity, for example, if you have a referral partner or someone that you work with, post something out and you're like, dang, that's really good. I want to share that out to my audience too. It shows support to that person. Um, and it's just a different way to share that information. Maybe they beat you to the punch and found a great article that you think is great. You can, again, share that out um, as their post. It helps expand their visibility as well. So, you know, thinking about maybe every week, uh, maybe two times or three times a week, I'm going to support somebody that I work with. And the other two times, if we're talking about a five-day uh, timeline, I'll post something out on my own that I found. It's just different ways. I think you need a little bit of both, honestly. Uh, somebody did ask in the beginning if you were going to touch on paid ads. Um, I know we didn't get there. Is that something that you have information on? Yeah, we've talked, to, or I mean, I've talked about paid advertising and strategies for that in the past. Um, it's a very regulated industry that we're in over the last six, seven years. It's gotten extremely tight. So some of the things that we used to do that netted really nice results, you can't really do anymore um, in the same way. So 
it is a topic we could focus on in the future. Uh, I think it's important to be hyper-focused. And what I like to do is, and which is a little bit more of a learning curve, is list uploads and lookalike audiences. So that's tapping into your CRM, your customer relationship management tool, and reaching those people that are already in your CRM database with something of value or finding people similar to that group of folks with a lookalike audience and posting something out. Not so much as a direct sales tool, but a roundabout way to provide value and awareness of who you are and what you bring to the table. And I think that's a more flexible way to leverage advertising that is less um, strict on the regulations. Um, there are a few questions that are that relate back to some of your slides. Are the, is this deck something that you can share with our customers? Yeah, we can share the PDF version of the deck. Okay. Um, and then Stacy has a question. Can you share from Facebook business page to your personal on a cell phone? As long as you have the dedicated link for the post, that would be the fastest and easiest way to do it. So the simple answer is yes. I think the learning curve is knowing how to find that link and share that out with your personal network. You know, going back to that, an example that I really liked is uh, when we bought a house years ago for the first time, I followed our real estate agent on social media and she didn't really do what you would typically expect. Like, hey, I have an open house and flyers and and these types of things. It was more about, hey, I just bought a fixer upper. She was really good at interior design. So that was her niche. And one of the reasons why we liked her is because she would walk through a house with us and say, hey, have you thought about this? So, you know, it'd be really great here. And when she bought her own home, she bought a new home. She was doing a complete um, renovation on one of the rooms. And each week she would post an update. And I found it super interesting. And that was one of the tactics she was doing is on her personal profile, posting back to her business page about the weekly update on the transformation of that room. And so again, I think there's ways to draw in that personal profile audience that you have, which is probably thousands, you know, I think you're capped at 5,000 now, um, to bring them back into your business page and remind them of who you are and what you do, but in a fun way, in an entertaining way. Very good. Um, Emily had a question. Can you post your reels across across different platforms such as TikTok. I know we didn't get into TikTok, um, but I know that that is an up and coming platform that some people use, I do not. <laughs> yeah, so when the, there's a couple of ways to do that, you have the final asset that you can then share out to different social platforms. So oftentimes you'll see the reverse, you'll see a TikTok that has been saved because it's been shot and done and posted and you can do a screen capture of that or sits natively on your phone and you can then post that out to a different social platform. So yeah, there is a back and forth that you can do to um, maximize the exposure of that single effort. I am reading one, the, the mm -hmm. last one, if you wanna to touch on it from David. Yeah. Uh, right after they show interest, it would depend on how you're capturing these leads through Facebook ads and in what way. So you can do a few different, you can do your standard Facebook ads, you can do messenger ads. I'm just not clear on how you're getting them. Um, keeping them in your CRM, sure. They, depending on what the ad is about, so there's some variables here, would probably determine how long 
they would be interested in hearing from you. But as a general rule, the sooner you can respond back with something of value, I think the better you're going to see with those leads that come through. I have heard mixed things about Facebook leads recently in the last six months about the lower quality of the leads. And I'm not sure if that gets into um, what the ad was about and how it was set up uh, versus just lower quality leads on Facebook as a whole. It's hard to say without seeing the whole thing. Um, but again, taking the time to set it up properly, having a very clear goal in mind, um, I think is going to pay dividends when you actually go to spend the money and create the advertisement. All right. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like David here is saying, that sounds like, uh, so Facebook, you can do forms, for example, so you can capture that information without them leaving Facebook. I don't know if that's what he's using, but then you have that information you can use in the future. Got a lot of a lot of great questions and a lot of great interaction. So we will disseminate this the slide deck um, for anyone that would like it. And you will be able to find this recording in our podcast library. Look for that um, on one of my posts on LinkedIn. Um, Al, I don't know if you had anything you want to close us out with, but Ben, thank you so much for your time and your information today. It was a really good webinar. Um, Al, do you want to close us? Well, I, I think that, you know, for me, as you mentioned, you're sitting here jotting notes and looking at the chat box and trying to take away nuggets. What can we apply to business, right? That's what you just invested an hour of your time. What, what can you apply to your business to enhance either your presence, your connections, um, or, you know, just your marketing efforts? And I think, you know, I have three takeaways I jot down, but, you know, I think that, that one that I would definitely encourage, and I heard Ben Talk about it maybe 25 minutes at the end of your day. Consistency, 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 consistency. Holly, I remember when we first started talking about social media and we started with one follower, two followers, one like, two likes. Consistency over time, you know, now you got 25, 30 likes and you create this community. The other thing I think, Ben, that you, you made a comment out, comment out is it's not just we're, we're here to do loans and here's my interest rates. You know, it's creating um, kind of surrounding in, um, um, groups of, of engagement where we're cross-selling each other, right? Building, building referral sources um, as opposed to just self-promotion, it's creating a community. So but I think you've been scratched the surface and you can tell by the, the chat box, there's so many varying degrees of, of buy-in to social media. Um, I guess I leave you with this comment. If you're not doing it, you need to be doing it, number one. If you are doing it and anything that, that was covered today you'd like more information on, assistance with, or guidance, please reach out to your AE. We'd be more than happy, like I said at the beginning of the call, whether it's one-on-one -on -one with our marketing team, with our training team, even coordinating discussions with, with Ben. You know, how do, we, how do we attack something? We're here to help in any way we can. Um, I mentioned also at the beginning, we've got an exciting, optimistic outlook of 2023. A different market than it has been for three years. But there's opportunities out there, and something like social media can help you get into capitalizing on the opportunities. So, Holly, you can close us up, close us out. In the chat, look for this 
recording in our podcast library later today. I will be posting it on LinkedIn, so be sure you see it. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks, Ben.